Welcome back to Silent Exposure. I am your host, Mitchell Crossan, and this is Exposure 123. And this week we're diving into the ESPN Football Power Index, the FPI. And a lot of people, including myself, I don't think truly understand what this means. And until you actually have the background and know what it's actually measuring, it's confusing because a lot of us have seen and heard the references to the FPI on ESPN whether it's regarding the college football playoff show, or maybe it's regarding pregame or postgame. And it's like, well, percentage FPI, what the hell does that even mean? So that's what this episode is all about. When it comes to FPI, usually it sounds something like this. The highest chance to enter bowl season unbeaten. And then ESPN will put up an image of multiple programs and percentages to go unbeaten. And then they'll have a note at the bottom of the image that says, according to ESPN's FPI. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, how exactly do they come up with these numbers? And I actually tweeted at them once, and they didn't respond back. But once I started looking into it, it made itself more clear. This was first developed in 2013 by ESPN. And if I had to boil it down to one definition, essentially, it measures a team's strength and uses that strength to forecast the results for this season for that team. Now, that's a very vague definition, and it doesn't really help us out too much. But the big key indicator here is team strength. FPI has inputs and data points, and it collects all of this data that goes into its huge computer system, whatever, and it spits out a number for each team. That is the team's strength. So here are the inputs in the data that they take into consideration when trying to conduct a team's strength. And let's start with the preseason versus in-season because what they measure and how they measure it is a little bit different. Starting with the preseason. First data point, they look at the previous four seasons, but they place an extra emphasis on last year. And of course that makes sense because why would you bother wasting too much time on the 2019 season when you could more easily accurately paint a picture for how well a team could perform by referring to last year's record. The second point is returning starters with a bonus point for a returning starting quarterback. The third point is if you have a returning head coach. And then the fourth and final data point is they do look at the previous four recruiting classes as well, although this is more of a minor consideration. But those four points they look at the results of the previous four seasons with an emphasis on last year. They look at how many returning starters that you have with bonus points for having a returning starting quarterback, returning head coach, and then recruiting classes for the previous four years. It uses all of that data to spit out a number, and that is the FPI. Now let's look at what happens once the season kicks off. And these numbers do change along with the results and the teams that actually win and lose games. It still measures four data points, and those points are, one, the quality of your opponent. It wants to know, did you play Notre Dame this week, or did you play a team like San Jose State? The second point, game location. Did you play them on the road? Was it an away game? Was it a home game? Was it a neutral site game? All of those things matter. The third point is point differential. Did you win? How much did you win by? Did you lose? How much did you lose by? And then the fourth and final data point is the impact of the offense, defense, and special teams. So those are the inputs that actually calculate FPI off-season versus during the season. And it spits out a number. Now, that number is important here because that is the number that rep represents 
how much better or worse a team is comparative to a quote-unquote average team on a neutral field. For instance, if you look at the FPI going into this season, 2022, Alabama is number one with a 29.0 FPI, meaning on paper, using ESPN's FPI logic, they would beat what is deemed an average team by 29 points. Now we'll have to decipher what makes a team average, but you get the idea about what this number actually means. The key point here about the FPI and the true purpose, and this is what people, including myself, I think have misinterpreted what the FPI is meant for. But the key purpose isn't to rank teams, but rather use the calculation of the team's strength, which we just talked about, to assess the likelihood of results throughout the season. That is the focus. The focus is on percentage and likelihood of the result. The result could be winning your division, winning your conference, making the college football playoff, winning the national championship. Whatever the result is, it uses that calculated team strength and will spit out a percentage on how they think and how well of a chance you have to achieve that end result. Now, although team strength seems like the most important factor, they also use game forecast factors in addition to team strength, which is the game location and the time between games. So we're talking about bye weeks in this scenario. FPI will then use these three game forecast factors to calculate the percentage of a team to win out or produce season simulations to tell us the percent chance a team has of winning its division to finish with a specific record, etc., whatever that end result is. So now let's actually put pen to paper and let's dive into some of the numbers. According to ESPN, FPI, when it gives a team a 75% chance to win, that's about the same as being a nine point favorite according to the Vegas books. This is a good example because this also gives us another lens to view the FPI and their percentages. 75% chance to win, that's great, but what does that actually mean when it comes down to putting a number on it? And this relationship with the Vegas is even more interesting. From 2005 to 2015, the FPI favorite had won 75.1% of the time. And then they were followed second by the Vegas favorites who won 74.5% of the time. So if you're a numbers guy and you wanted to see how the ESPN power index relates to Vegas and how they choose their point favorites, you can use both factors together. You can get that percent chance win and see how it translates into being whatever point favorite. So now let's look at the list of the college football power index going into 2022. We already mentioned Alabama earlier, number one at a 29.0 FPI. And again, this isn't meant to rank teams, but naturally whoever has the highest FPI is going to be ranked number one. So Alabama 29.0, Ohio State number two at a 28.3, Georgia at three at a 27.9, Clemson at four at a 22.8, and Notre Dame at five with a 17.7. And we're going to go ahead and stop there for now. And now we can actually see the numbers and the input into the team's strength come to life a little bit. So Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia are all separated by 1.1 points total. And we already know the inputs or some of the key contributors to this. Returning quarterback, returning head coach, last season success, 
and the last four recruiting rankings. Because again, this is the preseason. And it's not only returning quarterback, but it's returning players in general with the bonus points for having the returning quarterback. But look at Alabama and Ohio State just as being the top two. Alabama, returning quarterback, returning head coach. Ohio State, returning quarterback, returning head coach. So now we can actually see the numbers come to life a little bit. Now that I know the true purpose of what FPI is supposed to be, that it's not supposed to be ranking teams, but instead dropping likelihoods and putting out numbers to say, hey, this is the percent chance that Ohio State wins the Big Ten or makes the college football playoff, or here's the percent chance that Alabama beats LSU. That's actually a pretty good metric, and I think we're going to pay attention to this a little bit more in this upcoming season. That is going to do it for this week's episode of SE. You can stay up to date with us on our social medias and follow us on Twitter at Silent Expose and then at Silent Exposure on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Bucks.